Welcome to Middle School Matters Podcast number 614. Confabulation, consultation, and a partridge in a pear tree. We've got some jokes for you. We've got some good resources. So without further ado, here's the wonderful, the magnanimous, the Mr. Troy Patterson. All right, welcome back to the show. I am Troy Patterson, and with me is the world's greatest co-show host, Mr. Sean McGurk. Hey, Sean. Well, hello there. How are you? I'm doing all right. We're going to see how the audio comes out. I've been fighting with audio for a little while and trying to figure out exactly why. And I mm-hmm. think that uh, I think that I've discovered that uh, that uh, Apple has decided that they know the settings that I want better than the settings that I know that I want. So True. we have been fighting it out. And in our latest battle, I've made some changes. So we'll see how it goes. I wish you luck. Let's see how it goes. goes. That's right. Hey, did you hear about the beaver that had to stop eating wood? Um, I'm a middle school teacher, so uh, I know. I know. This is. I know. (laughs) I know. No, no, I didn't hear that one (laughs) because its palate changed. Oh, there you go. There you. Yeah. I was walking down the street the other day. I was walking down the street the other day, and the the houses were numbered 64K, 128K, 256K, 512K, and 1MB. I remember when I had to go from 128K to 256 to write a term paper. (laughs) (laughs) That was a real trip down memory lane. Oh, there Uh you go. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hey, uh... I, you know, I had a friend went for a COVID test the other day, and they asked if if he had a recent loss of taste. Oh, yeah, and he said, "No, I've always dressed this way." Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Too yep. soon for COVID jokes. <laughs> no, no, right on. Uh, I, same friend crashed a, his car into a tree and learned a little bit about it. Really? Yeah, I learned it. His Mercedes Benz. Oh, you got the rubber edition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know you should never trust a pig with a secret? Do you know why? Really? Why is, why is that? Because it's bound to squeal. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I give blood regularly. And uh, did you hear about the priest, the monk, and the rabbit that walked into a blood donation center? I did not. Yeah, the the priest walked in and said, I'm pretty sure I'm type A. The monk mm-hmm. said, I do believe I'm type B. The rabbit said, I think I'm a typo. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, little, uh, a little sage advice for you. Okay. Expect the worst. It's the least you can do. That's That's very true. Yes. Uh, I have a visual joke for you as well this week. So you have to head over to middleschoolmatters.com to check it out. This is about how times are tough and taking on an additional job. Yeah, that's so, true. Yes. That so, very true. So, so head over to middleschoolmatters.com and the joke will be completed 
with uh, the visual aspect right there for show two, for show 614. <laughs> wow. When was show 214? When was show 214? That was a lot what? of years ago. A lot of years ago. <laughs> it's important to count. <laughs> it is. And you know who's got uh he's got some great counting advice this week oh uh would it be the guy from sesame street yeah uh, yes yes that would be true and not only the guy from sesame street but also it's the great backyard bird count oh yeah of 2024 Wait. are you supposed to count your chickens before they hatch <laughs> well we're gonna have to find out i don't Oh, and I think Dave actually talks about chickens and counting chickens. It's more about counting the backyard um, birds. And this is a really oh. neat section. This is um, deals with um, Merlin from um, Cornell University. Okay, um, and it's something that I've been using for a while since you know we moved. And there's more birds here, and it's like, what kind of bird is that? And they have an app that identifies like birds from. Uh, you can just record them, and it'll say, "This is a uh, American yellow-breasted finch, or something." Oh, whatever it is, that's cool. So it's really neat. Yeah, it's really useful. And you can also take pictures, and it'll identify from pictures. Um, and we have—I uh, got my wife a one of the birdified bird feeders. Are you familiar with the birdified okay. bird feeders? I, I think I think I have seen something like it, not necessarily that brand, but I think I know where you're going with it. Yes, it's it's really neat. it's a bird feeder that has a camera built in, right. and it has AI in the um, in the software, which will identify what birds are at your bird feeder. Oh, okay. So of course, my wife is naming all of the birds that come to our bird feeder. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that sounds like so, her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they're 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 named. So, um, and and you know it's it's very entertaining and it's it's pretty cool. But Dave has some ways that kids can uh, participate in this as well, and I think this is just really cool. So here, without further ado is the wonderful Mr. Dave Bidlowski in the Middle School Science Minute. Hi, this is Dave Bidlowski of k12science.net, and this is your K-12 Science Podcast. I was recently looking at the Cornell Lab website for K-12 education, and it reminded me about the Great Backyard Bird Count, which is coming up very soon. Birds are everywhere, in virtually every habitat at all times of the year. Simply pay attention to the world around you and you'll be amazed by the various species of birds and nature itself. The annual Great Backyard Bird Count is happening February 16th through the 19th, 2024. This annual event is a great way to fuel your curiosity about birds, engage with nature, and connect with other birders and nature-loving people across the globe. The Great Backyard Bird Count is a global event that gets people excited about birding in the winter by creating a winter snapshot of birds. For four days, people unite to observe, learn about, count, and celebrate birds. 
In 2023, the outcome was once again incredible. Approximately 334,000 people counted 7,727 species of birds in 253 countries. This year, they hope that more people will even join in. And the Great Backyard Bird Count is a great opportunity to share your local environment with the world. The best part about the Great Backyard Bird Count and birding in general is that getting involved is simple. Because birds are everywhere, this event is highly adaptive. You can contribute to the bird count by viewing birds in your backyard. To maximize the experience and your observations, they recommend you count for at least 15 minutes. If you'd like, you could count for a much longer and contribute more observations. You can keep track of your observations in any way that you'd like. You can start submitting data at midnight on the first day of the count, and the data entry will remain open for the four days until March 1st. There are three primary ways to submit your observations to the Great Backyard Bird Count. The first is through birdcount.org. The second is through ebird.org. And finally, through the Merlin Bird ID app. The Great Backyard Bird Count is a wonderful opportunity for families and friends to have fun while enjoying nature. If you're considering participating, take someone birding with you. Not only is birding an opportunity to connect with family and friends, it's also an opportunity to connect with a great web that's a scientific community. Participating in the bird count is conducting citizen science, where families, educators, and students contribute to scientific research. For more information, feel free to visit the website birds.cornell.edu and remember that the Great Backyard Bird Count will take place February 16th through the 19th, 2024. And this has been your K-12 Science Podcast. Oh, oh, I found one. I found one. You found I what? I found a bird. It's a partridge in a pear tree. Hey, there you go. Yeah. So there, you should, you should make sure you count that because uh, it takes place. Well, you got to wait till next week, though. Because the great, because the great bird, uh, backyard bird count is February sixteenth to nineteenth. One one partridge in a There you go. There you go. So, um, you are going to DC this year, but it's going to look a little different. Yeah, there seems to be a trend. I was talking with the uh, coordinator, and. Um, there's a lot of uh, schools that are having a hard time getting kids to uh, pull together enough folks for a trip. So we're going to try and combine with a couple other schools and make one trip out of it. And um, yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to doing a trip. I've never done it with another school. And, That'd be um, interesting. Yeah, we're more along the lines of tagging along on their trip than we are. Uh, we're giving up the ability to tailor and design our own trip to have the experience with them. So it might okay. be different. I mean, it might be, it might be good because we'll be able to see things that they find important and, and put on their trip. We might decide, you know what? We like that too. We also might, and the benefit of it is also to say, never doing that again. Who knew? <laughs> but that's how you find out that, you know, 
that's off the list. We're just not doing that. So, but yeah, looking forward <laughs> and, to running a DC trip. And why is it when when you say that, um, never going to do that again? It's like you could also say, <laughs> never going to give you up, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe it worked yeah. out really no. well. <laughs> Yeah, it, sometimes when you work with travel companies, you have the feeling you're being rickrolled. <laughs> and um, you know, it's, it's not going to happen, but you have that feeling in the back of your head, right? I'll, so I'm going to rat hole for the first time here since we, we, <laughs> we brought this part up. I taught the kids how to do uh, questions in Moodle, right? Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> I showed a couple of kids how to do uh, GIFs or put in videos, like if they get the answer right or if they get the answer wrong. Yes. I only showed a couple, right? Because it's a little more complex and you kind of have to get it just right. Apparently they've showed other kids because not 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 the two kids I showed how to do it did this. Right. It was another kid. And yes, yes, if you get it wrong, you will get the Rickroll video from her I question. Love that. I love that feature, by the way. Yeah, and I, I do too. Now I haven't Rickroll. Oh, I like that. I think I like that. I think that in our next annual training course, <laughs> if you get it wrong, you are going to get Rickrolled. <laughs> right now, I use um, I use Kermit. Um, okay. When they get things right, Kermit does it. He goes crazy, and I always like that one. So that's the classic one I used for get it right. But I think I might Rickroll the staff when they get something wrong. Oh, with great power comes great. Responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, to you're use that one wisely. That. But a uh, seventh am. grader figured out how to do that, and and it's funny. I mean, and the other, so um, she's uh very very high functioning autistic, and uh, so I would expect brilliant things from her. She's a brilliant kid. Seriously, yeah. she's her her eyeballs are on something else, but she hears every single thing i say and she's a sweetheart um mm -hmm. but the, she figured this out she's the one who figured out how to do this and i'm just i'm blown away she's an awesome kid so she may have i wonder if she was just looking at the options because if you look at the options it's you know kind of it right does. there it's not like it's it's yep. not like it's super hidden there's no magic words or phrases you have to put in to get there it's just uh hey i wonder what this does and enter it in there yeah, I I had showed the kid that sits next to her though, so I'm pretty sure they talked. Ah, she was listening. Yeah, she was listening. That's and she's like, really oh, good at. Oh, I see what you did there, Mister McGurk. Yeah. I raise you yeah. a response. I, <laughs> I see your response and raise you a rickroll. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's pretty good. I get a kick out of her. I have her. She she bookends my day. I have her at the beginning of the day for advisory, and the end of the day, I get to. Well, that's cool. You know, have a good night. I'll see you in the morning. So it's kind of nice. All right. So you've got the DC trip, and you're going yep, with going up. with someone else. That'll be interesting too, because it'd be interesting to see how the kids interact. Is it a similar ses group as you or similar cultural group as you or is there some differences there i think we'll see some cultural differences but ses we're in the same boat we're okay. 
Yeah, we're all in the same congressional district, which is the lowest income congressional district in the state of Michigan. Um, okay. And uh, <laughs> I don't think they're going to have a lot in common. So that's another thing that we'll probably have to talk about. And Yeah. But, you know. Can I, can I just say, John, that I don't think there's anybody else that I would talk to who would reference the congressional district as a, <laughs> as a means of... <laughs> Of consideration. <laughs> it's uh it's a it's a way of it's a way of keeping things just a little <laughs> ambiguous. Yeah. But it's it's accurate. I mean it's hundred percent. No, I love accurate. it. I love it. I'm not I'm I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, if you can find us, yep. you know, stop by and say hi. Yes. So um, one of the things that I did last week is I finished setting up Swank, mm -hmm. which is um, right. an unfortunate name for a middle school. <laughs> if you have a middle school brain. Okay. But, okay. Um, but what it is, is it uh, provides movie licensing um, so that those movies that are shown in school are legal. Um, and it also has a, uh, it's also a resource. So they, uh, we also get a variety of movies that are kind of built in, like you get um, 300 movies that um, can be watched. And they're focused on educational versions. And in some cases, they have different versions, right? Like um, um, if you were to look for um, Shakespeare's Macbeth, I think they have a couple of different versions of that, you know, one from 1962 and one from 1992 or whatever. So, and then I had to, uh, and then I pushed that out to the, let the teachers know, cause I had to get everything set up, permissions and all that. And right now it's limited to just the teachers. We can set it up so that kids could watch movies if they were assigned by the student by the teachers but they mm -hmm. couldn't pick any movies but right now it's just set up so that uh, the teachers can be in charge of it um, i may go through and once i get a chance to talk to the to teachers who are using it and use cases and all that good stuff so then i also had to talk to i didn't have to i also talked to all of the principals because um, as a principal, I had clear expectations for movies and when movies were shown and why they were shown, uh, and, and that kind of, kind of thing. And so I wanted to make sure that the principals were comfortable with this is, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. This is how we're doing it. So, so yeah. And then. It was we we also had an interesting conversation in in um, pre-show because I had to remind staff that hey if you're going to show a movie remember to connect it via a wire to your projector and you mm -hmm. kind of said huh <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I said well you know I'll, our our staff is used to using we have Apple TVs in every classroom and almost every conference room um so the, the the staff is used to just connecting wirelessly and and doing that mm -hmm. so um, 
And I think that that is the case because uh, Apple at one point did a, hey, if you're buying anything from us, here's an Apple TV. Ah, uh, okay. So all the, the so a lot of the Apple TVs are now getting to the point where they're going to need to be replaced. So mm -hmm. that's something I'm going to have to work into the budget as well. But but that's how staff is used to connecting. And if you try to stream a move a video, it's just not going to be a pleasant experience. Let's say so. Um, so it's one of the kind of the differences because you guys are used to you guys have desktops, and, but no, you guys have laptops now, right? No, we have laptops and we have docks, and I have a desktop, but I'm the only one in my building that has a desktop. Yeah, and that was the model for education for a long time: is everybody had desktops, <clears throat> and they're you know we're transitioning to more and more laptops There's laptops have gotten more powerful and um, um, and more feature rich than um, becomes more you know the same kind of you're not losing much and you gain portability so staff can take laptops home and do work at home and all that good stuff so <clears throat> we don't have docs but we do have we have dongles because we have Macs. <laughs> if you have a Mac, you have a dongle. <laughs> yep, that's right. True. So I got that. But so one, a, it's better than connecting to a dock. Okay, that's my my opinion. I mean, yeah. Um, we run into all kinds of problems with our docks. Yeah, and it, it just could be the brand of Doc too. I don't. I'm not sure, but say we run into problems with the uh, uh, dongles occasionally too. We go through which ones work better, which ones last longer, all that mm -hmm. good stuff. So, um, and then we're also talking about uh, the computer lab because we still have a computer lab. Every kid has a device, and so we're kind of talking about a computer lab and what is the purpose of a computer lab. How oh. should it be used kind of thing? Um, so we're, we're kind of going through that process as well. Um, and love to hear from other people because uh, I think it's the implementation of technology. I think we're in a fascinating time because what's happening now is maker spaces are becoming the old computer lab. Right, maker spaces oh. are becoming the special room down the road, down the down the hall, whereas that used to be a computer lab. And so, one of the things I've been trying to figure out and kind of uh, processing through is: shouldn't a, should a maker lab be everywhere? What's in a maker lab? Can it be portable? Can it be where? It, comes to the classroom or it's in the classroom rather than in a special room down the hall. And there's arguments both ways, you know, mm -hmm. so, but I like to, uh, you know, I frequently play devil's advocate because I want to try to make the best decisions and try to get people to think outside of their comfort zone and not just replicate what we used to have, but to create the most positive experience for kids as possible. 
So, so we're having those, we're having some of those conversations. So another conversation. So it's been, it's been a week and a day since you have, uh, yeah. since you've acquired your, your vision pro. Yes. And I am talking to the real live and in person, Sean, not the, yes, that's true. And not the virtual representation, which apparently there has been some controversy over the um, the avatar that is created with Vision Pro. People are complaining that they are not, there's a little bit of uncanny valley <laughs> to yeah, the, I hear that. the that a avatar. Lot. So, it, um, yeah, my persona, first of all, it's a beta app. It's persona very beta. Avatar, yeah, sorry. It's incredibly beta. And if um, I scared my nephew with my persona, it's ugly. It's horrid. <laughs> it's the first thing he did. The first thing he said was, "You okay? What happened to you?" And I was like, "Same guy. Nothing's changed." No, he started to tell me what was wrong. And and to be very honest, he was exactly right. It's I look like a monster in my my persona looks bad. It doesn't help that I've got dark bags under my eyes. Because it it thinks that that's you know natural and supposed to be there, so it gives me another you know I, it's horrid. It looks like somebody took a. <laughs> uh, took, we used to say back in the in the nineties, it looks like I got swatted with a spade. Um, it's bad. Like my face is like, it's bad. Okay. That being said, everything else is pretty good, but it's also beta, right? I'm expecting that when we get to vision os 2.0 or something like that then it'll get better but um it's 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 bad your mind's bad that, i shouldn't say it's bad that doesn't that seems pretty consistent with what others are reporting as well though is that yeah there seems to be a lot of concern about the personas so i think a lot of people that have gotten it right have had uh help and training from the apple store i didn't I did it on my own, and that's probably a, a factor in all of this. Um, I think I was also leaning back in my chair, and that made a difference, angled things. So I'm going to try it again when I get a chance. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to lean forward and see if that does the trick. But you want to be dressed to the nines when you do it because whatever's there, is that's the way it goes in. Um, so... You know, I'm going to use all of your photography, photography tricks. You're going to push your chin out and turn off. No, it won't let you. Side. It won't let you. I tried it. <laughs> it won't let me. So I've got my, my double chin is there. <laughs> my, my triple chin is there. So, yeah, no, it's, I, I probably won't be using it anyway for, I mean, I, I've answered the, the FaceTime calls on it once with my sister and um, I almost did it with my uncle when he called the other night for some tech help. And I thought, no, let's not, he's 80 years old. Let's not scare the old man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for what might to, become of that. How to call 911 on the Vision Pro. <laughs> right. Um, but I've been exploring other things on it. Like I did the uh, dinosaur tour on it. It's very nice. Uh, I, I started a 3D movie on it the other night. And it's really good. It's really good three-dimensional depth. Um, 
I tried the other insert or the cushion, face cushion, and it extended it out a little more. I says, your eyes are too close. <laughs> like it's my mom. Um, and I, so I put in the other thing and it gave it more of a tunnel vision effect and I don't like it. So I pulled that out and put the other one in and then mm-hmm. there's that little pad. And if I'm going to try it, but I'm going to see if I can't wear the headset without the black insert uh, padded frame and just do the, the thick knit one to get a little closer because that would give me that more immersive in depth feel that I'm looking for. Um, but I like it. I did email on it the other day. I did, uh, Oh, I, uh, I needed some, uh, items for my classroom. So I went into Amazon and I ordered on Amazon from my vision pro. It knows all my settings from my Mac or my phone. And so it just mm-hmm. automatically did that. So it's, it is a little freaky that in order to verify things, you look and it reads your eyeball and it says, yeah, that's you. Okay. We can go ahead and do that. <laughs> it's like, Okay. Um, yeah, I've not hooked it to the uh, Apple TV in my room and then like gone places or demoed things. I've not found a good app for that yet. So that's, that's okay. coming. It's still, you know, it's still a very much a 1.0 thing. It's I'm doing, I'm using it in a very consumer type way instead of a productive way right now. That'll come. That'll come. I I will eventually get out and do some things. I'm thinking about uh, maybe doing some keynote. I've got a presentation coming up in March to uh, the uh, Michigan Association of Middle School Educators uh, Conference. I'm doing two presentations there. And I'm definitely going to throw it in there. And I'm going to pull up my keynote. I do like the idea that I can use other apps and grab that stuff and throw it into the keynote that's on my Mac and make all those things seamlessly interact with the pinch of two fingers and dragging it into things. I want to try that. Uh, there's some 3D modeling out of the University of Michigan I want to pull in. Um, just haven't had time to do it. Um, I'm going to see if I can't find. There's an AI. It's supposed to be an AI app available to help with things, and I want to pull that. So I'm going to play with this more. Uh, I need to look at the eye calibration thing again. I think it's just a little off or it could be just the way that I wear it on my head. It, that's definitely a possibility as well. So, you know, is anything ever perfect the first time out? No, no. Is it wonderful and beautiful? And should you get one? Yes. Yes, <laughs> you should. <laughs> okay. So um, I wonder if kids will be taking uh, assessments using uh the apple vision pro in the future we have the i think main, tte programs will yeah we have the main three-year yeah. assessment going on right now which is kind of based off the nwea <clears throat> and so i was okay. thinking i was just wondering it's like um at what, what point do we get to okay um pull out your vision pros <laughs> log into main three-year assessment <laughs> And uh, take your uh, take your uh, exam, and away you go. So, we'll see. I could see a lot of CTE programs using this. You know, because you wouldn't have to purchase a ton of materials for them to physically manipulate one time, right? Mm-hmm. You could yeah. do it all within XR, and and demonstrate right there because it can screen record. 
and demonstrate it. See it? It, it, it definitely transmits to my Apple TV. I did have it out in my fourth hour class, my eighth graders, because I was showing it to the, the tech, um, one of the techs, district techs. He's a former student of mine. Yep. And I said, you need to come up. We need to talk about this. I, I got questions. So he came up, he played with me. He's like, yeah, he says, we need to. So he, <laughs> he hooked me up with the network, um, made sure that the connections were clean and cool. And um, then he started messing around. He's like, yeah, yeah, I had to get one. I, my wife, my, my fiance is going to kill me. He's, he wants one. <laughs> and uh uh -oh. He's got a he's got a wedding to pay for. The wedding yeah. may be off. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, son. I have to get a, yeah. a vision pro. Well, here, let me take your let me spatially take your picture. Turn just a little bit. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna put you in here. <laughs> um. I I can see a lot of CTE programs eventually doing this. Not, not right away. This is all version 1.0 stuff, but I can right. see in the future, like, like I'm working with the, the nursing program at the high school and they have labs and there's certain things they have to do, but there's also communication tools that they need. And I haven't built that communication section yet, but one of the things they're going to have to do is stand up in front of their peers and either explain their actions or talk through a procedure or train new people uh, who, to, who come up behind them. And so I can see this environment being a good practice environment. It's a really expensive place to do a practice environment right now. But as costs come down and this becomes more ubiquitous, like there's there's a trend or a theme out there among some people to say, you know, once we once the technology shrinks and prices come down, yeah, maybe this is your phone and maybe your phone is not your phone. It's just a little slab computer. Um, who knows? Um, the the interesting the thing, the interesting thing to me right now is that w what I'm hearing from a lot of other people is that it's it they're they're not seeing that same use case that that you're bringing forth right now, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the the caveat that you put in there about when it shrinks down, right. They're like right. in this in the current version, they they don't see a lot of use for it, and you know I'm I'm kind of wondering because Microsoft did the Hollow the Hololens right right yeah and that that kind of that market seemed to have narrowed 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 down to training um, right. pretty quickly, um, so can Apple pull off something that's different than that that's more expansive um or will the they do training well enough that they're able to uh, really develop a market there i mean i don't think training is going to be enough of a market for the scale that apple usually requires so no i think applications that are productivity based are going to be again i what am I, I don't have any chops really necessarily uh, in this particular area, but one of the key things that makes a difference for me, I have an Oculus 2 and even with the HoloLens and the Oculus 2, and I know the Oculus 3 will let you use your hands, but it's not as, as good as what I'm getting with my Apple Vision Pro. Right. The key is the hands, right? Because with those controllers, I'm, 
essentially a pointer, right? And I can point at things. This thing sees my eyes. This one, my hands are the controllers. I can pinch and throw and it responds. It moves, it slides things up and down. It moves things in place. Um, it's going to be, what can we produce with this that we um, can't do in uh, uh, Holovision, uh, Inoculus, uh, an HTC Vive, or some of the others uh, that are out there. And some are geared strictly towards gaming, like the PlayStation one, strictly gaming, and it's going gangbusters. Uh, the Oculus, I don't think has found its path yet. It's, it's, I'm not even sure that it's it's made it's, it's made a profit yet. I think it's still in the uh, R and D, and it's uh, let's sink money into it. Someday it'll pay off. Uh, phase, um, but I think it's going to be the fact that you don't have to have your hands and fingers tied to at most six buttons and it's going to be right. like, what else can I do with my fingers? Because once that explodes and happens, that's when things are going to really, really take off. I mean, I, the others I imagine you need to connect a Bluetooth keyboard to and a mouse or whatever. And I can do that with this, but the key is going to become, how can I turn this into something that's uh, productive and um, share that? Like uh, you can hold meetings inside uh, FaceTime inside the, the headset. Um, what happens when you can start doing it en masse? You know, right. all right, class, we're going to gather today in this room. And, um, you know, Professor Patterson will be doing his presentation and he gets up and he does it. And he does a 3D model rendering. Or I mean, you've got a, a like, like AMLE used to do a virtual classroom where they would build a classroom in four walls and you could stand outside and look through the window and see teachers, uh, yeah. marketers, everybody else stand in front of actual kids and use their stuff. And make, and then you could go, oh, I see how I could use this or take their <laughs> idea and just build on it, right? Because sometimes things are, eh, I was going to say, I see myself using that. That didn't really pan out quite the way they had predicted kind of thing. Yeah, it ended up being mostly, uh, let me sell you this board. Yeah. Thing. And and I yeah. worry because like a lot of districts now are starting to struggle with being able to afford Chromebooks because now we've with with COVID, we've entered kind of a one to one period where it's like just kind of accepted, acknowledged, expected that yeah. every kid will have a device. Right. But the money right. for that has gone away. So a lot of districts yes. are really starting to struggle with okay, and they're and they're struggling with three hundred bucks for a Chromebook for every kid. Um, and how often do you have to buy that? And then to say, well, okay, we're going to switch this up to a thirty five hundred dollar <laughs> device, which probably isn't going to be used. You wouldn't want to use all day long. You wouldn't want kids walking around in them all day long. That's going to no. be a little bit of a that's going to be a struggle. So I think that you're, I think that the potential for like uh, a career, a CTE kind of application is potentially the first place that you'd see that. And then, you know, special use cases and how many of those are there going to be? And, and how do we, how do we go through with that and do that? So that'll be interesting to see. 
So. All right. The other thing that's interesting is the social web. Oh, indeed. I, I find it extremely interesting. Um, social web. So uh, you talked about it. So I went and found it. And there's a post by Blue Sky <laughs> at yep. bsky.app. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you can now sign up for Blue Sky without an, an invite. And they've got more features coming. And it's looking very, very much like the old uh, the old uh, Twitter used to be. And I kind of like that old look and feel. And so now I'm going to start poking around and finding some more folks to follow on Blue Sky. And maybe we'll see you over there, too. And Blue Sky is um, working on their um, their federation. So federation is supposed to be coming pretty soon, which is would be interesting as well. And federation means uh, that you don't have one central server. You could have multiple servers. So you could sign yeah. up in different places, but still be able to talk to everybody. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with Mastodon <clears throat> is because Mastodon is fully federated. So like Sean is, is on a completely different server than I am, mm -hmm. but, but we can follow the same people. Um, I right. can follow Sean, Sean can follow me. And, but that's a little different than Twitter, which is what people were used to. <clears throat> the advantages are you're not, locked into that one experience you know um, different servers can provide different access you know different groups so so yeah so yeah well, blue sky is going to be it's going it's kind of a, a mix of the two there so it'd be interesting yeah be see what happens interesting see what happens i i pulled a uh this one's going to be an image, uh, and that can be uh, full text because I wanted to capture the whole thing for you. So it's this is from Terrible Maps. I love Terrible Maps. You love Terrible Maps. I do. At Terrible Maps, and it says, this is a map of Great Britain if Great Britain was located next to Japan. Okay. That is a terrible yeah. map. <laughs> it is a terrible map. So all they did was they cut out uh great britain and showed you a map of europe there you go <laughs> uh moodle online learning delivered your way at moodle uh watch our webinar replay where Zweintor griff with founder of h5p um takes us through the process of creating h5p content in a fraction of the time used uh it used to take with the help of generative AI. So uh, if you're looking at creating some AI, I'm sorry, creating some H5P uh, tools, this is a way to do it without investing a whole lot of extra time. It, uh, it It's pretty cool. I've done it a couple times to create stuff and I like it. I like it a lot. So uh, there's a link, it's a video and uh, mm -hmm. they'll take you to a video. You can watch the, the webinar. And the next version of Moodle is going to be looking at incorporating AI at a very fundamental level. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well. 
I'm interested in what I hope I get it because I asked to upgrade our Moodle uh, instance and uh, they actually are considering it. I didn't think they'd ever do it uh, again. So I'm excited. Yeah. We'll get eventually 10 years from now, we'll get to that point, but. Well, and eventually, and actually what they should do is, uh, and they should listen to me. They actually yes, should, I agree. They should definitely 100%. listen to me because the advice I'm about to give is reasonable and not what I do. <laughs> 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 they actually, <laughs> they should do um, the, the latest long-term um, version, which would not be the latest and greatest but it's basically an N minus one. It's usually like <clears throat> one version before the latest. And that's because sometimes there's things that get in, uh, yes, <laughs> that get, uh, in, incorporated into the, the, uh, latest version that, that break other things. So by going with the latest long-term version, long-term support version, then, you get the benefit of most of the newest stuff, but a solid foundation when you're working with students. So, yeah. Cool. So I, tell well, them I, I said know so. that you like, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just tell them I said so. I will. I'll say that. I'll but, say Troy Patterson told me to tell you. By the way, I was surprised to learn that um, I was at a meeting. Uh, I had to go virtually because I, ran out of time to drive all the way to the meeting was in Camden, which is, you know, like boop, boop, just not that far away, but because Maine frequently doesn't have a direct route to get, <laughs> to get there from here. <laughs> it's a two hour drive. <laughs> so with lots of twisty, turny roads that go through trees. So. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was dealing with a couple of issues and I couldn't leave in time to get there. So I did the, the Zoom session, which was fine. And what I found out is somebody knows my license plate. Interesting. Yeah. I was surprising because we were talking about, um, we were talking about training and micro training. And um, I said, you'll be shocked by this, but I said, you know, I, I I like to have control over the training. I want to know it's not going away. I want to know that in another year, I don't have to switch to another platform or that now this platform is going to cost me more. So we have Moodle installed and we do our training through Moodle. And somebody said, who would have, who would have thought that with your license plate of Moodle? Said, well, actually my license plate. <laughs> Well, actually, my license plate is Moodler, but <laughs> but in the back of my head, I'm noting that oh, huh, you you actually you paid attention there. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. So yeah. All right. Well, Moodler is a is a is a word you created, but Susie Dent has a word that I think you would like. Uh, it's a, it's it's a word of the day. And uh, one of the words of the day this, this week was uh, consult. It's a 17th century word to act stupidly together. It's one of several I voted to resurrect from the historical dictionary. We may have talked about this one before, but that's so much fun. I decided to yeah. use it again because, well, you know, we're headed into spring and people are going to consult in large groups. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. 
Great middle school word. Yeah. Pop over to uh still do the hashtag MS chat, uh wherever you uh happen to social media and see what's going on with uh middle schoolers. I'm sorry, middlers. And uh and uh and, you know, see if you can discover some strategies for your classroom. Yeah, and over at Middleweb which has lots of really uh, interesting articles and support material. Um, Sharon Ratliff has posted some things to do when middle school students struggle. And there's some things I found interesting about this article. And I will, uh, I'm going to cut to the chase and tell you, you know what? I think a lot of these things are important, even if the students are not identified as gifted. <laughs> I think it's really just uh, hmm. it's good as smart uh, options in dealing with kids. So she starts out by saying uh, elementary schools are like small towns with a few alternate routes. Teachers have a great influence, a great deal of influence about the direction gifted kids take to reach their academic destinations. In middle school, however, some gifted and talented students find themselves lost in a traffic maze without sufficient navigational support. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that's, that's partially the definition of middle school. <laughs> it's that, uh, figuring out their ways and which way they, what they want to be and how they're going to get there. Um, she points out that you could have a student with above uh, average IQ yet failing math. A bright student who had straight A's until seventh grade science. Um, a gifted student who has begun calculating the lowest grade they can earn on a test and still pass the grading period. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, this is when I got to there was an action teachers can take section, and I'm like, these are all good things for kids. Number one, assessment options. Giving gifted kids uh, assumption options, oh. giving them some autonomy to take the back roads to show what they know. That can help with some not gifted kids as well. Um, opportunities to talk. Gifted students often thrive when they're allowed to share their insights. Uh, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Again, I'd argue... Some of the students that are not traditionally identified as gifted would could also thrive in that. Um, accelerated learning. Another option is to offer to compact curriculum opportunities with certain learning units. Uh, the next one is make a human connection. Connect learning with the story or use human con connection. And that is, I think, crucial for uh, making those connections is crucial for all middle school kids as well. Um, and then, you know, she says, for English, I've used human connection by dressing in characters. Um, eyebrows were raised as I greeted students at the door with a British lilt, do come in. I was <laughs> dressed as dotty old woman from uh, Roed, Roled Dolls, the landlady. So that's that's the novelty kind of thing as well. And I think that novelty kids react to very well. 
um, use stories in science and history, uh, allow gifted and talented students to interact with each other, connect learning to humor, remember Maslow's hierarchy of need. So I think these are all good strategies that um, you should be using with all students. Um, get them hooked, get them part of the process and, um, you know, get them to make those human connections. She also has a section on conversation strategies. And this and this includes the Dr. Phil approach, the straight shooter, the shoot straight approach, the you will love this one, Sean. This one um okay. as you know. Don some virtual reality lenses. Oh, I do like that. Yes. And she says a word of caution before trying these strategies. It is vital to have established relationships with students. Again, core middle school. So, but they're great ideas and they're great things to think through and remember and to implement in your classroom. So, all right. Um, Quizlet. Quizlet yes, heard made it. a change this this past year, which uh, cool. many teachers were aghast at, mm-hmm. um, and that is they they tightened down their free offerings um, more and more, and are moving into paid. and And I hate to say this, but you 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 have to expect that with most free activities, you got to know. Like, okay, what is what is it that I'm using? Um, how is it being funded? And where when does that funding come from and what does that mean? So if it's open source, you know, the advantage can be that it's somebody who, it could be one person who really wants to do this and this is their hobby and that. And that comes with several conditions, right? If that one person loses interest, then it could go away. Um, if it's a big company and they've taken uh, in investment capital, they are going to want to recoup that investment capital some way, somehow, someday. So they may oh, yeah. be free for a while so that they build a community um, but they're building that community in order to extract resources from that community. Um, so you got to know that. So you want to know what's going on. So when when Quizlet went to a pay model, uh, lots of teachers were looking around, and I thought it was somewhat humorous that several of them started uh, pleading for other t- others to use the next big company's <laughs> quiz maker. Um, and it's like, oh, you're going to be doing the same thing in another year or two. Um, but there is a 17-year-old senior in high school, uh, a high school that I am familiar with um, right now, let's say, um, who has a passion for front-end web development and has mm-hmm. developed a program called Study State. Um, okay. 
and study state is a free alternative to Quizlet. Um, there is, uh, there was funding provided by the local educational support community from parents to fund this. So it is funded for the next couple of years. Um, this was developed from, uh, again, a 17-year-old um, senior. Um, and I'm going to guess that this 17-year-old student and is going to use this in college as well. <laughs> so at least for a little while, mm -hmm. there's you're probably it's probably going to be there. Um, you get a you can get a free account. It uses OpenAI's GPT 3.5 to uh, generate sentences for any word, create fill-in-the-blank practice tests, and even generate entire study sets for any concept or set of notes. Um, so if you're looking for a free alternative, this is one. Um, and you can create your own study sets and um, it is free. Uh, the resources have been paid for through a grant. So uh, it's gonna be there for a while and you might wanna check it out. Your, your students might wanna check it out and mm, they can use yeah. it right mm -hmm. so empower them that's a big thing i like empowering students and saying well you know this might help you study all right one of the things that's really important in middle school is teaching kids about misconceptions and um again this is part of that critical thinking that kids need to develop um, and I, I, I lost the post, so I apologize, but uh, somebody said, "'Tis the time for middle school students to review their list of misconceptions." And they linked to Wikipedia and the list of common misconceptions. And I think these are great. Um, and you could, if you don't want to have the kids go to Wikipedia, if you're if you're still on on that road, okay, uh, maybe you want to pull one of these out and do a uh, use some of these as uh, factor fiction, right? Have the kids uh, put up a a statement and ask the kids factor fiction, um, and there's just a whole bunch of these, and these are grouped in terms of art and culture, where you get business, food and cooking, food history, microwave ovens, film and television, language, um, law and crime. Um, there's religion. Um, there's sports, video games. You get history. Um in history is broken down into early modern, modern United States. There's a lot of them here. Science, technology, and mathematics. Uh, and uh, biology, tons and tons of them. And again, you can either use these as, you know, kind of fact of the day or misconception of the day. So if you're using Moodle, for example, you could create glossary entries and um, here's the misconception of the day. Um, 
or you could do a quiz of the day and say fact or fiction and have the kids um, choose it and then you could give them automatically the response with yes this is a fact or nope this one's fiction and here's the uh here's the the reason why it's a misconception or here's the reality the truth behind the statement so are you familiar with this list of misconceptions some of them but uh like i never knew that uh the, the one about uh, pepsico and uh, buying a navy i had never heard that one before okay um yeah, but others I did. I, I and I've told the kids about one, the, the one about the Chevy Nova. That's uh, a fun one. So some of my kids are back. They get it. Share the share the one about the Chevy Nova. Oh, so uh, and when uh, GM was advertising the uh, the brand new brand new car, it's a new vehicle, it's a Chevy Nova. They put advertisements up in Spain, and mm -hmm. all they said was they just put Nova on it which in Spanish means doesn't go. So they put a picture of their car with the words, yeah, this doesn't go. And they wondered why sales didn't happen. Right. And that's the misconception. Yeah. yeah. In reality, General, no General Motors did not need to rename the car um, because Nova was easily understood to mean new. New, yeah. So Novello. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's, and like I said, there's just a ton of these and you can use these in a variety of ways. You could have the kids pick out their favorite ones. You could, um, you could present them one at a time. There's just lots of options. And I really think it's important that we share some of these misconceptions and we get kids to think about it and do something different. Yeah. There's a, right, um, a one, I want to add, add to your thing just really quick. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, there's an old book called Man Suffocated by Potatoes. It's got really funny stories that are connected with a lot of these misconceptions. I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, it's called Man Suffocated by Potatoes. Hilarious book. Um, cool. And I'll throw that in there as an addendum. All right. Um, do you use ambient music at all? I'm using it right now, so I can't hear the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, ambient music. I, I had a cooperating teacher when I student taught. He used ambient music when the kids were working on things. And I discovered I didn't really like it. I did try something like that on Friday this week just to see, you know, and I didn't know you're going to do this in the show. I put the uh, Chinese New Year live broadcast from CGTN on the TV. And I turned the volume way down low. And uh, it worked out way better than I thought it would, but it was, I could tell that there was a diminished level of work from the kids. So I really, I'm probably not going to do a lot of yeah. ambient music just with my population. You didn't play the elevator music for them? I'm afraid I'm, the kids might find me like crawled up in a, in a little ball behind the desk with a, something made out of a pillow. If, it, if we do okay. that, because I might well, be in some, trouble. Some students, um, some students like to have background music, ambient music going on. Mm -hmm. And there's one called sure. Ambiphone, um, which you can mix some of the different sounds. You can mix some nature sounds. You can mix some music and people and places and um, binaural beats. Why can I not say that word today? 
Um, and you, so you can create a mix and save a mix, um, which is some students might find useful. Um, and as we talked about this before, but I think it's been a long time, and that is ESL videos over at eslvideo.com. This is kind of nice because they have speaking practice. They have chatty bots so that the kids mm. can, um, it will ask them to pronounce, to, to say a sentence, and, the, and then it'll say either good or try again. And it does not have a sense of humor if you keep getting it wrong. It just says try again. <laughs> so I tried, may have tried to get them wrong on purpose. And um, they, they also have some listening practice. So you could listen to like a Taylor Swift song and um, get a quiz on the lyrics. So you have to answer some of the quiz on the lyrics. So some of the kids might enjoy that as well. Um, and they have different levels. So they have beginning, low, intermediate, intermediate, and high intermediate. Um, and again, they have quizzes and chatbots. And um, if you have ESL students, uh, you can, you might find it very useful. It is not uh, Flip Flaff. It is not flip flap, no. And this is a uh, this is from the uh, um, uh, the culture translator by Axis. There we go. Axis is the word that stumbled me. Uh, got me stumbled. <laughs> Axis, the culture translator this week. I had a, uh, three great articles, but I'm just going to pick one. Uh, Super Bowl is coming up this weekend, and uh, Troy, being the <sighs> huge Super Bowl fan that he is, he's already dressed in his favorite uh team's uh outfit and he's wearing the helmet for the show and and i might be confabulating just a little bit just a little bit um so a lot of people will will find uh folks um uh betting sports betting on uh mm -hmm. on, on super bowl but on all aspects of it and, um and i know in, in michigan uh there's been a huge increase in uh the gambling hotline and help uh, centers and that sort of thing for it. Um, and, and, and now it's going to, looks like it's going to get started early. Uh, Fliff Flaff is an app called Fliff that lets younger users place bets on sporting events. Uh, this weekend's, for example, this weekend's Super Bowl. It's a little controversial, uh, because it's one of the so-called, uh, social sports book apps that don't require age verification and operate legally in most states. Users can bet on various sports outcomes using a free in-game currency called Fliff Coins. This allows the app to legally define its operation as a sweepstakes game rather than a sports book operation. The CEO of Fliff says that the app is intended as an introductory experience, that's in air quotes, uh, to the world of sports gambling and emphasizes that the users have to be 18 to buy Fliff Cash a different in-game currency option that does not, or that does cost real money, but gambling harm prevention experts aren't convinced. They say that by providing an on-ramp to sports betting for users that has been virtual, has no virtual safeguards. Social sports book apps are building a gateway for youth to develop real-life uh, gambling problems, and we know that uh, young kids, especially middle school kids, just don't have those frontal lobes developed yet to really start making those good decisions. And um, yeah, there's some training. Let's see, there you go. Yeah. So watch out for it. You might be able to see it somewhere. You may see a kid using it. You might, you know, want to have a 
discussion about what they're doing with it. And then you also have a, a little bit about um, a little AI usage for us here. A little bit. Um, so uh, everywhere that I know of has a um, dress code problem, right? Kids are always pushing limits of dress codes and, and then we've run into problems where kids are taking pictures of kids and then they're using AI to uh, not make them dress code appropriate in the picture, right? So I came across this uh, this week and I just, I laughed out loud. And I understand it for some people, it's controversial, not intended that way at all. Uh, there is an uh, online app called Dignif AI or Dignify. What they're doing is they're taking those pictures of people who are scantily clad, uh, violating the dress code, run them through the AI, and they put the clothes back on them. And occasionally add additional people. Yes. So in some cases, they'll, you know, if they're carrying something that's inappropriate, now they're carrying usually a baby or some other, yeah. some, something else. Yeah. Um, I got a huge kick out of it that somebody's decided, you know what, let's put the clothes back on these people. So, uh, there you yeah. go. Uh, if you are, uh, yeah, looking not, for, uh, something to augment your, sure that I would open this one at, on my computer no. or my workstation though. No, they, they do show you both <laughs> pictures before so. and after. Yes. This is one you do not do on the Promethean board. So correct. So, all right. Yeah. That's worth a chuckle. But you can get the link over at middleschoolmatters.com along with everything else that we've talked about. And occasionally you get some bonuses. Remember, we do have a visual joke for you as well. And, um, you know, naturally, and if you just want to listen to the Middle School Science Minute, there's a link just to, to that there as well. Um you know, I do get the irony of you would have listened all the way through to now to get. Anyway, um, uh, we hope to we, we hope that you will share the show with a friend. And we also hope that you will give us a five star rating on the podcast catcher of your choice. With that, this has been Middle School Matters for Middle School Teachers Who Care. All opinions expressed on this podcast are exclusively the opinions of the host and guest and not indicative of any employer. <laughs>